gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let. surgery a couple weeks ago and nothing slow about you is there talk about the awesome greatness of God it is hold it close remember we prayed we prayed for Ron and remember we asked for speedy recovery right yes and God gave it yes and it was a healing Awesome. Here and that helped. Praise God. That's good. God is good, isn't he? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Ron. It's so good to see you. I was prepared to pray for you today for healing so you could be back in church. And, you know, God gives us exceedingly more than we can ask or think. Amen. So that's the way it works with God. We do have a lot we want to pray for this morning. We've got some people sick. And, of course, you know, we have some out of town. But that's but we want to pray for those that are sick. And... um We've got quite a few, um, and there may be some that I'm not aware of, but those that I am, Betsy Graham is in the hospital as far as we still know. Uh, she was uh, positive for COVID, so we want to we want to pray for her. You, you know what you want to do to protect yourself. We understand that this is a real virus. It's a real bug. It's out there. So if you want to wear a mask, you wear a mask. If you don't, don't wear a mask. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't, don't get vaccinated. God's not going to love you any more one way or the other. He's going to love you just as much whether you get it or whether you don't. You have your own personal opinions or thoughts. And, you know, we can support our opinion either on either side with lots of data. A person can support it with data, but there's enough data on the other side that would kind of blow that out of the water. So you just have to hear the voice of the Lord. Let God tell you, but don't be intimidated. Don't don't feel intimidated, uh, you know, if you want to come in with masks or not. I mean, most people in here don't wear masks, but that's okay. Uh, the main thing is don't get in fear. Remember who we are. We're Goshen people. He started with the flies, right? And if you go back and you study the plague, he started with the flies and he made a distinction. And last March, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, you guys are to be Goshen people. 
which means that we're to be distinct and set apart. We don't have to worry and, and, and struggle against the things that the enemy does, right? So I just want to say, I just felt the unction to say that, and we want you to be comfortable with whatever. Also, we have Betsy. We have Bill Birchfield who told me this week he's been sick, so he's not here, so we assume he's still a little bit under the weather, but we know Bill, he'll be back and running. Ruby Geiger, okay, let me put Ruby's name on here. LaFay Coleman, she texts me and, and she's having some issues. We want to pray for LaFay. Tracy, you know, the devil's been at work, hasn't he? Has a concussion, okay. And of course, we want to continue praying for Becky Hammett and she's recovering. And as you know, John passed away this past week. The funeral will be tomorrow at uh, visitation 12 to 2 and the service will be at 2 so uh, you know we miss John love coming to church and you know he's been out a while because he hasn't been able to come but he loved to come to church and we love seeing him and uh, he's a good friend of ours and we're going to miss John very very much but we're going to celebrate him tomorrow so we encourage you to be here tomorrow and just celebrate life John's life with us did I forget anyone else so uh, I'm going to ask Deborah if you will come and pray for these sick people, and then we're going to we're going to do some, we're going to uh, Karen. Okay, her okay and Kendra. I forgot to mention Elizabeth Houghton. She came home from uh, University of Alabama and uh, well when she left, but by the time she got home, she's having some bad symptoms. So. I want to pray for Elizabeth as well. To the all-wise Heavenly Father, yes. who, creator of heaven and earth, we lift our voice, Father, before you. you. You have already given us our marching orders in every matter. When you sent Jesus, you made us the generals in your service. Dear Heavenly Father, we are to stand as a mighty army of people against whatever the wiles of the devil might be. One of those is sickness, Father. He will always send sickness, but we have an antidote for every sickness that has ever been leveled. Jesus, you shed your blood for us, and we cry out before you every time the enemy attacks And we simply say, Jesus, we really don't need to say much more than that. We thank you, Father, for sending him. We thank you for the blood that covers us. We thank you, Father, that you have made it possible that we call on that name and he hears us when we pray. We know that the angels respond to the voice of your spoken word, God. And we go ahead and declare right now what you have declared. You have said in your word that it is my desire for you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Thank you, Father. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that sickness and disease is far from us. You have called us the head and not the tail. And, Father, that's not just in some matters. That's in all matters. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you, Father, for healing every name that has been named on this list. We thank you, Father, that we know that even though they may be a little bit down right now, the truth is they are more up than they are down because they have you. 
We thank you, God, for what you've done. We thank you for how you bless. And we thank you, dear Lord, that Jesus is our Savior. Amen. Amen. I want us to seal that with our communion, okay? Everyone should have elements of communion. If you don't, raise your hand and Wayne will get them to you. God is so incredibly marvelous, isn't he? And why do we do communion? He says we do this in remembrance of what he has done for us. And he has made healing possible for us. He said by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes that he sent his word. His word is Jesus and he brought healing to his people. He says I'm the Lord God and who not only forgives your sins but heals every one of your diseases. God, we thank you for that. So, Lord, we thank you for the healing power. We thank you for the word of God that never fails. We thank you, God, that you haven't changed your mind, that the word that's passed through your lips you have not altered. We thank you, Father God, that we can get up today and know that you're still the God who heals. You're still Jehovah Rapha. So, God, I thank you, Lord, as we break this wafer, it represents the broken body of Jesus that was beaten and broken for our health, our healing, our wholeness. Let's partake of the wafer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. And now, Lord, the juice that represents the blood of Jesus, we thank you, God, for the incredible blood of Jesus. Lord, that takes care of all of the sin that ever has been committed, ever will be committed, Father, is is covered by your blood if we repent and seek your face. God, so we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that blood is just as powerful as, today as it was 2,000 years ago. Thank you that you were willing to lose your blood for our lives. Let's partake of the blood. Thank you, God. I want to read a scripture. I don't ask Pastor Zach or, or Pastor Dan or and or Pastor Dan. You can be seated just a second. But as we were singing that song, and this has kind of been a... a Our rally song this year, our rally psalm, is Psalm 24. I want to read this to you out of the Passion Translation. Oh, isn't it great to have Anita back? But I understand she was back last week when I wasn't. So, says, Yahweh claims the world as his. Everything and everyone belong to him. Every person on the face of the earth belongs to God. Let me tell you, God loves everybody. He doesn't care if you're the CEO of a company or you you don't even have a job. He doesn't care. God is the God of everybody. And his promises are the same for everyone. He's the one who pushed back oceans to let the dry ground appear, planting firm foundations for the earth. Who then is allowed to ascend to the mountain of Yahweh? And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy presence? Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth, those who never deceive, whose words are sure, they will receive Yahweh's blessing. Tells us how to, how to get the blessing of God. And the righteousness given by the Savior God. They will stand before God where they seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. And this is the part that I love. It says, so wake up, you living gateways. We sang that song, the King of Glory. Wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your head, you doorways of eternity. Every one of you, every one of us are living gateways. Every one of us are doorways where the glory of God can flow through our lives and touch someone else. 
And really, at the end of the day, it's all about us touching others, really. It's all about others. It's all about others. You know, when we take our last breath, it's not going to matter what, how many cars we had, what size house we had, how much money's in the bank. It's what did we do to touch others? And then it says, welcome the king of glory for he's about to come through you. You ask, who is this king of glory? Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. Yahweh, invincible in every way. So wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you eternal doors. Here he comes. The king of glory is ready to come in. Now, how's he coming in through us, through the living gateways? You ask, who is this king of glory? He is Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, the invincible commander of heaven's host. Yes, he is the king of glory. And I wanted Pastor Zach and Pastor Dan to come and talk about some living gateways that were in the city yesterday. It was on. It was. That's right. I don't have my headphones in, so I'm not sure. There we go. I don't have my headphones in, so I'm not hearing it right in my head. There we go. Um, so yesterday was an exciting day. We've been talking a little bit about trying to get um, more proactive in terms of what we're doing in the neighborhood and the community. We want to pray for this city. We want to pray for this county. And so one of the things that we've done, Pastor Zach and I have been working together to, to launch uh, an initiative that we're calling Pray America's Cabarrus County, North Carolina. So we got a Facebook page that we've put up, and we're trying to give some inspiration day by day. And we're trying to give opportunities so that people can know that we are together going to go out in the community. This is not about Impact Church, okay? Look, we want to see Impact Church blessed, and we want to see our opportunity to touch the lives of many, many people here. But we want to see every single church in Cabarrus County honoring the Lord, lifting up God, feeling his presence in their midst. We want to see every church growing and reaching the lost and bringing people into a greater, deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this is something that we're trying to reach out. So if you're not already on there yet, if, you, if you're on Facebook, look up Pray America's Cabarrus County um, and, and join it and invite all your friends because we, like I say, we don't want this just to be us. But we had a group, I think, what we had, 11 of us yesterday. And uh, so that was great. We got out there and we just, we're walking through the streets and we're meeting some people and praying for them. And, and you know, it's just a privilege because every single person that we meet, God loves and God cares about and God's working in their lives. And sometimes people need just a little extra dose of encouragement. Some, some of us are struggling with hope, right? Some of us are struggling with faith. Some of us are struggling with some of the problems that we face in our lives. And so just to have an opportunity to just share the love of Jesus in whatever small way, that's, that's our goal. Um, but as we pray for the community, we believe that prayer works and we believe that, that people's lives are touched. And so we just want to thank, you know, as a good start, and we're going to go a long ways from there. Zach, I know you got, you got your stuff ready to go here too. I got my test. Oh, there we are. <laughs> wow. I can hear my voice. Anyways, no, we had a wonderful time. Um, I love that scripture, Living Gateways. My biggest thing, I think I've said this multiple times, I believe God wants to partner with us. We are the living gateways to our city. The way that God moves oftentimes is through his bride, through the church, through you. So there's our culture has portrayed the church in the wrong light, and it's time to fix that. And the only way to fix that is to 
do something and we're doing something. So we're going to do this monthly and we, we're excited. We're going to see Concord and Cabarrus County going to proclaim Jesus as Lord. And it, and the nation is going to know Cabarrus County to serve the most high. And that's only Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're super excited about that. Um, Anything else we're yeah, going to do monthly? Know, so there's lots. We're, we're talking about at least for the time being starting out monthly, whereas a group, we break up into little mini groups and we go through the neighborhoods. But look, we want more than this down all along the way. Um, our, our goal is that every street in Concord and Cabarrus County is prayed for. Every home is prayed for. Every government center is prayed for. Every school is prayed for. Every business is prayed for. And, and we talked about this a little bit last week. And, you know, there's a couple of people that came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I walk my dog already. I can be praying for these homes as I walk by them. And, I mean, there's just a thousand different ways. But the, here's the value that we want to place in every single one of our hearts is that we are praying for the people around us. Um, we have an opportunity. There's people are, that, that are praying already. There's already groups going on. There's, there's a group called Cabarrus Praise that they meet the f- first Saturday of every month. They're doing the second Saturday this month because it was Labor Day weekend. But we have some, some little brochures in the back, and they're going to be meeting this coming Saturday at 11. And if you'd like to be a part of that, um, it's just great. I mean, I think there was 11 churches that were represented last time we were there, and I'm expecting more. But there's, there's all kinds of great things that are going on, and, and we're excited what God's doing and what God's going to do. And we just thank all of you for your support and excitement about this thing. And if you can't walk and you're unable to do that, you have a vehicle. It's just as powerful. And then also, this is a 24-7 thing. We're always going yep. to a store. We're always going to gas stations. So there's opportunities there for you. So, well, thank you all. So before you guys go, I want us to pray for the churches that are on Union Street uh, down to the square, and um, there that is um, Forest Hills Methodist, First Presbyterian, S- uh, Central United Methodist, and St. James Lutheran. So I, I want us, uh, if you would, just to pray for those churches and uh, just that they'll become living gateways in the city as well. Lord God, we lift up these churches. We thank you for what you've done. We, there, some of these churches have seen incredible revival movements over the course of history. And so, Lord, we just pray that you will tap into the ancient springs that you have dug up in the past. We pray that life will be pumped into each one of these churches. We pray that each one of the pastors and the leaders will be hearing the voice of God and will be hungry for you, hungry for your presence, hungry to see you reached out and glorified in their midst. We pray that you will bring the lost in, the lost will be saved. We pray that you will heal pray that you will deliver. We pray that incredibly great things above and beyond all we ask or imagine can be done in these churches to your glory in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is just engulfing them right now, Lord, as they're meeting at the same time, Lord. I thank you that healings are happening all over the churches on Union Street, Father. I thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders, Father. Father, I also thank you that pastors are turning their eyes to you, Lord, that they're not going to just cater to culture any longer, but they cater to you, Lord, that they build an altar for you, Lord, that they sacrifice just as we're called to do, as Paul tells us, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that the churches unite together to go against darkness, that we build a altar here for you, Father. I also thank you, Lord, that the churches together will pray together, that they will serve you together, Father, that unity 
come back to the body of Christ, Father, that we get over our petty selves and we actually take your word for truth and we apply it to our lives, Father. I thank you, Lord, for a great movement here in Cabarrus County and all the churches in Forest Hill and in St. James, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you are just pouring down your presence right now as we're praying because I know you are a God that answers prayers and I know there's our things are getting ready to start moving. I thank you, Lord, that things are shifting in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, your presence is going to engulf Forest Hills, St. James, and all the other churches. Shift in the name of Jesus. Shift in the name of Jesus. Shift in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for salvation, Lord, like we've never seen before in every church in the name of Jesus. I thank you that they will worship you, Lord. That it's not a spectator, but they'll actually engage with you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, in your wonderful, glorious name. Amen. We also had the opportunity to walk around the school. Was uh, what is it, Culture and Web? Is that what it's Culture and Web. Yeah, we had that opportunity yesterday to walk around that school. I thought that was pretty exciting too. <clears throat> and to decree and to declare, <clears throat> excuse me, that we had godly teachers and godly people on the school board that are making godly decisions about godly education and curriculum. Right. We need, we need God in the schools. We need God in our government. We need God in our churches. We've got to have God in the churches. Too often there's so much self in the churches, there's no room for God. So we want to get rid of all that, right? So it was an exciting time. So, uh, yeah, please. And, you know, we believe in prayer around here. We pray every Friday night. Actually, a couple of little coalitions got formed Friday night. We're, we'll talk about those in a little bit. Well, the Lord kind of dropped a couple of things into our spirit, man. And, and uh, so, we'll, you know, we just, I received a word from uh, John Kelly. I don't know if you guys know him, but he's, an, he's an, a major, major prophetic apostle out in Dallas, Texas. But he sent an email out through the ICAL organization. But he says it's time for like-minded believers to form coalitions. And that word really struck into my spirit. To form coalitions to combat the forces of evil. Let me tell you, we're fighting evil. We're not fighting people. We're not fighting Republican or Democratic parties. We're not fighting skin colors. We're not fighting BLM and all these other things that are going on and the abortion. We're fighting spirits. And we've got to have, we've got to be unified, as Pastor Zach was saying, because the church is the only answer for the evil in the land. Nothing else has the authority to overpower the enemy but the church. And who's a part of the church? We are. That's why we need to each become living gateways. We need to let the King of Glory, and as Zach said, it's a 24-7. It's not just the third or fourth Saturday of the month as we walk down the street. It's, we're living gateways everywhere we go. When you go into Harris Teeter or Food Line or CVS, you're a living gateway. God, you're on assignment. We're on assignment. God has sent us on assignment. And Kind of leads up to my message today, and you know we've been talking. I, you know, back in two thousand and nine, I did a series on Nehemiah, and um, so I thought, you know, Nehemiah is the answer. The, the the answer to what's going on in our nation, in our city, is found in the book of Nehemiah. And the Lord spoke that to me several years ago, and He re 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 spoke it to me recently. Get back into the book of Nehemiah. We're actually as a just our own personal devotion is going to go into it and tear it apart for our own personal lives. 
And I would, I would advise you to do the same. There's so much in Nehemiah. I spent some time this week putting this message together, went to bed last night, could not sleep. Two o'clock I got up and the Lord said, change your message. And so that's happened a time or two. I didn't do a whole lot of changing, but I did do some fairly significant changing. What happened is I opened my Bible when I couldn't sleep. And I just saw something. Living word. No stale something. You just repeat. Living word. And why is it so important? Because we have to understand that we're at war with the enemy. We have to understand. Let me give you a scripture in Daniel 7, 25. It says, He shall speak words against the Most High and wear out the saints of the Most High. You know what that word wear out means? Now I want you to get outside your box, your thought box. That word wear out means to oppress, which a lot of Bible uh, translations use the word. But this is what it means. It means to come down on or to keep down by unused authority. Hello, does that sound familiar? To keep people down just you. Can I speak blunt like I haven't been? Any discerning Christian must see that the enemies are having a field day today in our nation. If you're not saying that, your discerner's burned out. <laughs> you need to recharge your discerner batteries. We have to see that the enemy is having a field day in our nation. We have to discern properly the season we are in. First Chronicles twelve thirty two says the tribe of Issachar understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. See, there's an Issachar anointing that God wants to put upon the church. It's the remnant church. He says, I want you to know what season you're in and I want you to know what direction to take. That's for all of us. We heard last year some of the things we started hearing. Pray that the church will hear what the Spirit is saying. Pray that the church will hear what the Spirit is saying. We heard that we are Goshen people. We have to live like Goshen people. Goshen people were not touched by all the stuff that was going on in the world. Now, Goshen people also were inside the boundaries that God placed them. That means you've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is not something haphazard. We were listening to Graham Cook the other day, and he was talking about the importance of cultivating that relationship with God. Culta, he said, if when you do that, nothing will be impossible for you. My husband's got the mic. He's wanting to say something. Come on. Goshen. It's interesting. You talking about Goshen during worship. I looked up land of Goshen. How many of you live or want to live in the land of Goshen? How many of you don't have a clue what the land of Goshen is? Don't raise your hand. This is by Andrew Womack. When Jacob discovered his son Joseph was alive in Egypt, he and his sons moved there to be with him. When they got to Egypt, Joseph provided the best of all the land for them to to live on. This land was called the land of Goshen. It was the place where God's people were to live. It was the place where those who believed in God went to dwell. Names and their meanings in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, are very significant. Often the names given to places were to teach spiritual lessons. It is interesting to see what the name Goshen means in Hebrew. The meaning of Goshen is drawing near. Joseph told his brothers that they should live in Goshen or draw near. 
So they and all they had would be near him, near Joseph. Goshen was located near Joseph so he could watch over them and care for them. It was important they stayed in the land of Goshen because it was the land of provision, blessing, and protection. When the plagues hit the land, there was a distinction between the people of God and the people of the world. The people of God experienced provision and protection, and those in the world did not. All that dwelt in Goshen experienced provision and protection. Now here's the key. Joseph was a type and shadow of Jesus. Jesus is our heavenly Joseph. You are to draw near to God through the blood of Christ. Confess that you are near to him and by his grace. And as you do, you will experience God's presence. And in his presence, you will hear his voice and direction, which will lead you out of your darkness into light, out of Egypt into the land of Goshen. If you will only obey by faith what you hear, then you will be led out of lack into plenty. You will be led out of danger into a safe place. You will come into the land of Goshen, the place of blessing and protection. Sound like a place you want to be? It's the place where God, I mean, I, you know, the greatest distinction I can imagine is the darkness. I mean, you can see flies not going there, you know, locusts and all this. But darkness, when it was dark everywhere else, it was light in Goshen. Only God can do that, right? Let me tell you, when the world's in darkness, God's going to put light in the church. If we're seeking happy, if we're drawing nigh to him. So we heard that we're to be Goshen people. We are to be Goshen people, drawing near to God. We also heard that we're in a Joseph season. Now, if you... I knew exactly what the Lord meant when he spoke that to my heart. The Joseph season was a time of preparation. Joseph prepared for what was coming. Okay, Joseph prepared. I believe God is bringing prosperity into the lives of God's people as a preparation for what's coming. That's what I believe, personally. This week, I was in my prayer time. And I heard the Lord say to me, and I'm convinced it was God. I asked my husband. He said, yes, it was God. So... Well, you know, you, you want to judge the spirit, right? Anybody can think you hear something. I mean, we all, we've seen that a lot lately, right? But this is what I heard, that the body of Christ has to get close to me for the days that are coming. That's what I heard. That the body of Christ has to get close to me for the days that are coming. The Joseph season. So we need to be preparing ourselves in so many ways. And we need to be hearing from God. We need to prepare ourselves physically, emotionally, financially provisionally, spiritually. And I and, and when I heard that, I I felt what it meant was specifically intimacy with God's what I felt it meant. We have to prepare ourselves for that. So never has there been warfare as overt as it is today. Never have we seen it. We live in a day where evil is making no effort to conceal itself. We have spiritual warfare going on in our nation today. Nothing new except the fr- flagrant exposure of it. It's in your face everywhere we go. In your face everywhere we go. I told you on January 20th, the Lord spoke to my heart and he approved it too. And said, <laughs> I'm just teasing. That we, that on January 20th, the throne of Baal was established in Washington. Don't get all messed up and think it's about a political party. It's not a political party. It's just a, it's an acceptance of a way of life. It's an acceptance of a standard of living. 
It could have been any political party. We could have been no political party. But he said very clearly, and I've given you this before, that, that and I wrote a blog on this. Actually, I'm going to give you a quote out of the blog. But but the throne of Baal was established. And I had to go, I mean, I knew what Baal was. It was evil. But I said, God, okay, God, what is Baal? You know, what, let me go back and do some research. And so th- these are the characteristics of a Baal-run culture. Immorality, murder of innocent children, homosexuality prevalent. And these have been seen in our in our, our culture for decades. It's nothing new. None of that's no, anything new. But see, now our government is legalizing and almost demanding that we accept it as well. So that that's opening up like a floodgate, if you want to say an anointing from the enemy, to flow into our country because we have given it legal access into our country. Yeah. It's very important we understand legal access. And I'm going to show you that in Nehemiah in a moment. Jesus called Baal Beelzebub, linking the devil to Baal in the Old Testament. Paul says the gods of the Old Testament are simply demons masquerading as gods. Demons masquerading as God. Flagrant display of what was once considered horrible indecent behavior is now on public display in our nation. Jezebel also is evident in our culture. as another evil influence that runs parallel to Baal. Jezebel in scripture was the daughter of Ithabel, a Phoenician king who was once a priest of Astarte before becoming priest. Jezebel married Ahab. Y'all know the story. We just read through this. Jezebel married Ahab, the king of Israel, and influenced him to worship the gods of Phoenicia, which was Baal. It's associated with sex, war, violence, power, and control. Major influences in our culture. And remember in 1 Kings 18 how Jezebel wanted the prophets destroyed. Right, So the Jezebel spirit wants to stop the voice of the Lord. What have we seen recently in our own nation? Demanding that churches close down. Demanding that people wear a mask. That you can't sing praises to God. That you All of this. I just saw where the, the state of California was forced to pay $800,000 to John MacArthur's church. Should have been. See, that spirit wants to squash the voice of the church. See, the spirit also is a spirit of seduction. Of violence, of thievery. Think back when, when Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard. Do you remember that story? And he, I mean, he must have been a real wuss. I'm telling you. He couldn't get it. Naboth wouldn't give it to him. So what, he goes back into the palace and whines and cries like a wuss. I'm telling you. I think this is the king of Israel. Sounds familiar. I ask you if I could be blunt. But what does Jezebel him? Who are you, Ahab? Don't you know you're not, you don't play by the same rules as they do? You know, I'll fix it so you can get his vineyard. I'll make up a bunch of lies and we'll disqualify him and then we're gonna, we're gonna kill him and go to play because of who you are. Light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. And then for my blog, I'm just going to quote a couple real quick. Y'all need to bring pencils and papers for this. This is just some excerpts from my blog back on January 21st. Baal was a God spirit that sought to control, dominate, and take ownership of the people or in general to enslave people. Control through incorrectly applied authority. It's what we read in Daniel, wasn't it? He controls through incorrectly applied authority. 
And so it says, Baal was looked upon as the provider of life for people, and the people looked to Baal to provide their basic needs, make people dependent on you. What are we seeing? Make people dependent on you, then they can control your life. See, this is a spirit that's running loose in our nation. And the church has got to rise up and say no. They believe they were completely dependent upon this spirit. The chief characteristics of Baal worship were sexual perversion, depravity, human sacrifice, especially of children, and general idolatry. Young children were sacrificed to placate the gods of Baal and were often buried at the foundation of the building at the time of construction after they were burned alive. Is this much different than the saline abortion techniques that burn soft tissue, attacks tissue in the digestive tract, causes seizures and hemorrhaging of the brain and other organs? And might will say a lot of what I had to say. How many are blinded to what is really going on? I'm telling you, it's not people, it's powers and principalities that are ruling this nation. It's powers and principalities, and we are the only authority as the church. This is why we have to know strategy for warfare. And if the devil can keep you so busy just trying to make ends meet and keep the power on and pay your mortgage, you're not going to be much good for anything else. See, we've got, to, we've got to be Goshen people to where we are prosperous. We live in prosperity. We have divine favor that follows after us. What is coming out of your mouth? Are you speaking, woe is me? Or are you speaking, I'm a, I'm a child of the Most High God. What I put my hands to prospers. Every place I step my foot is mine because God has given it to me. What are we saying when we talk? Life and death and the power of the tongue. Can any person who professes Christ not see this situation? We have to know how the enemy goes to war. 2 Corinthians 2.11 For we are not ignorant of his devices. That word devices in the Greek is noema and it means mind games. We are not ignorant of Satan's mind games. The only place he's going to win his battle is right here. That's the only place he's going to win his battle. That's the only place you're going to lose your battle. That's right. Fear, fear, fear. Uh, uh, Ephesians 6.11, put on all of God's army armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. That word strategies means cunning trickery. See, the devil wants to trick you out of your place, trick you out of your inheritance, trick you out of your destiny. He wants to trick you out of your prosperity, trick you out of your health, trick you out of your, your the, the will and the plan that God has for your life. That's what he wants to do. And then in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be self-controlled, alert your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That word prowl is from the Greek word peripateo, and it means to make due use of opportunities. So the devil is making use of every opportunity we give to him. So if we are consistently living a life that is displeasing to God, we are giving the devil opportunity to slip in and to play mind games with us and to deceive us. We were talking yesterday, because I was talking to one of our clinicians about, you know, when deviancy becomes normal, what do you do? When deviancy becomes normal, what do you do? In a person's life, you can see what, you know, when a person thinks that deviant behavior is normal behavior, there's not a lot you can do with them unless God really zaps their heart and their mind and opens up their eyes to see truth. But sadly, what happens when a, when a nation's culture that deviancy is normal? What happens? 
The only answer is, is Jesus Christ in the church. It's the only answer. It's hard to unring bells, right? It's hard to tell me chocolate ice cream's not good after I've had it a time or two. I was at Becky's yesterday, and boy, she loaded me up with chocolate. Thanks, Becky. And Diet Dr. Pepper. Everything I shouldn't have. That's what good friends are for. So how did Nehemiah handle these situations? And I believe in I, there's strategy in his book for warfare. There's strategy that you and I can follow for warfare. And we have to recognize who the enemy is. We have to recognize. And we have to also know who we are. Nehemiah 2, 19 and 20, and it says... And I'm, you, you guys, we just read through this. If you're not familiar with the book of Nehemiah, go back and read it. It's going to make a lot of, a lot more sense to you. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. But you have to know who is in charge. And if you're the church, that is you. When you walk down the streets of Concord, you're the living gateway that the glory of God is going to come through. But that also means that we hear his voice and we're not like a bull in a china shop. See, we gotta hear the voice of the God. God might tell you to walk by four people and tell you to go over here and pray for one. You know, that, Jesus did that, didn't he? Because we want to touch the hearts and lives of people whose heart, God is working on their hearts. Because God loves all people. So I want you to remember this. The devil has no authority where God sends you. The devil has no authority where God sends you. And God yesterday sent us into the city of Concord. The devil had no authority as we were walking down that street. Pray. Every place. It says, when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king, they asked? And I replied, Nehemiah said, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding the wall. But you have no share or legal right or historic claim in Jerusalem. You gotta tell the devil you got no legal right here. You got no legal right in our city. You got no legal right in our houses, in our families, in our churches, in our schools. We gotta kick him out. We've got to kick the enemy out. Now you say, well, why is he in there? Because somebody's given him legal authority to be there. Right? But I, last I recall in Matthew 28, 18 and 19, Jesus said, all authority where? Heaven and earth has been given to me. So if we're going, if Jesus is sending us, we're going in all authority. We have the right to be what it says in Proverbs 21, 22. Those warriors that go into the heavens to release breakthrough and set cities free and tear down strongholds. See, do we believe the word of God or not? See, we've been playing church so long, so long. We just come in and we do our couple little sweet songs and sweet little prayers and sweet little cute announcements and take up the offering. By golly, we got to take up the offering up, you know. And then we have a nice little word that doesn't offend anybody because we sure don't want anybody to get mad and leave. And what do we do? We've done nothing. And then we have the culture we have today. We have the culture. We have people, drag queens, coming into the library reading to our children. This ought not to be. The devil has no legal authority. You have got to understand your spiritual authority. You've got to understand all authority has been given to Jesus. Luke ten nineteen. he says... I give you authority over all the miracle-working dunamis power of the enemy. And the devil, that you have to keep telling yourself the devil has no authority where God sends you. Let me just give you some scriptures quickly. Mark 6, 7. 
He called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two. Jesus is sending them, giving them what? Authority to cast out devils. See, when Jesus sends you, he gives you authority to cast out demons. When you walk into darkness, the room should light up. I love it when people tell us, I just love coming to Genesis. It feels different. It feels good. I say, that's because the presence of God is there. That's because of we, and he told us we got to saturate our containers with prayer. That was a word that came to us. Because he says, I want to do a work in the heart of the people. God can't do what he wants to do unless you and I pray. He can't do what he wants to do in this city unless we pray. So I, I told our staff, I said, I want you to pray like the, the, the life of Concord depends on you. Pray like it depends on you. Matthew 10, 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples together, gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease, Mark 16, 15, and 17. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news. Cast out demons. Where has God sent you? Where has God sent you? What's your assignment? Has he sent you to the family, to your community, to your nation, to your schools, to your job? Where has God sent you? That's where you have authority, and the devil has no authority over where God has sent you. The devil has no authority where God has sent you. We have to tear down strong. I love this scripture, Joshua 1. I promise you that what I promised Moses, whatever, wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. 